0: hoo de hoo Hey guys, welcome to episode 71. (laughs) Alright guys, so we're here with another great guest. Um, So our next guest is someone, if you follow anything I do on Instagram, I was on her uh, her Instagram live. It was really fun and um, she actually made a shirt with, I guess, one of my quotes, which was kind of cool. And I have worn it a couple times already. Um, but she, I was just, when I first started Instagram, I was just kind of perusing through people I should add and so on. And she was one I kind of came across. So I was like, she's just this really, uh, you know, pretty woman, you know, externally and internally. And I'm just like, okay, I need to, uh, I need to see what she's about. And she actually got back to me pretty quickly. And, you know, she's a very busy person. And, uh, so I was very happy to get to know her and become friends with her. Uh, so once you say hello and say your name and obviously, you know, like a little about yourself.
1: Sure. So hello, everyone. It is a pleasure to be with you here today, um, to share in this experience of who I am. And so you can get to know a little bit about me as a creator and a person. So I'm Kendra Hendricks. I am a purpose driven creator and I recently started, um, an empowerment of power, empowering, excuse me. Apparel Empowerment Advocacy line for those with disabilities. I am an advocate for those with disabilities. I've been in the mental health field for over 10 years, and I'm still in the mental health field serving those with disabilities um, currently at two different institutions that is that is worldwide known, Kennedy Krieger and Shepard Pratt, for those who are familiar. And um, for my business, um, it displays purposeful messages and graphics that dismantle stigmas, break down barriers, promote change, and help to elevate those with disabilities. In addition, it brings awareness to unique abilities and talents of those with disabilities. I'm really trying to emphasize what people with disabilities are able to do, what they're capable of doing while embracing the disability. Because, you know, with employment especially, we don't want to ignore the disability because we've got to be inclusive. We need to start making platforms accessible for everyone with a disability to access. So that's what I'm advocating for. And I'm starting to do so much, but we can discuss it later in the show, of how I'm trying to diversify my services and what I offer. So I can not just talk about the change I want to see, but I can also be the change I want to see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, sometimes when I interview, I was interviewing somebody the other night, um, and actually probably be the episode right before yours. Um, it was a cop and you know, he deals with the homeless and and. Uh, you know, I I, talk about a lot of things and someone asked me, it's like, well, what's his disability? And I was like, well, he doesn't have one. He doesn't need to have one, uh, to do great things. It's just, I guess, I guess the, the typical thing is that a lot of people I have on have disabilities, which, you know, it's fine. Um, but in your case, you don't have a disability, right? Correct. Right. I mean, you wear glasses, but that's not a disability. Um, but, and that, and that's what kind of makes her a lot more interesting when I mean a lot more, but it it makes her more interesting in a way because... (laughs) She doesn't have any attachments to it, uh, at least personally, um, and she's still out here fighting for it. So um, what made you kind of go on this journey? Like why, why people with disabilities? Because another thing is you, you are a black woman um, mm-hmm. and there's other causes there that would be more personal to you, um, mm-hmm. but why why this one?
1: Um, that's a great question that's so convoluted with so much experiences in my life that I can talk about. Someone on truth to choose a few. Um, I started in childhood when I was about, um, five or six in kindergarten and into first grade, I had a friend named Maya. Maya had a physical deformity on her nose, which caused her, one of her nostrils to be collapsed and she had to go through multiple surgeries so she can breathe correctly and to, um, modify the appearance of her nose. So she um, was bullied a lot in class, and I didn't like it. At a young age, I knew something was wrong with that, and I didn't know how to stand up for her, but I I knew I needed to stand with her. So I made sure I played with her. I made sure that she felt like she had a friend and a sense of belonging. Um, when people would tease her and she would cry, I would hug her. Because at five or six, I didn't know what to say, but I knew I knew to be compassionate. You know, it was it's just like instilled. It's an innate nature within me. So that was my first experience, and I didn't see it as a you know. A difference that needed to be made fun of, fun of, or I needed to dismiss her for, or, you know, it was, it was something that isolated her from me and others, but I, I embraced her. So that was my first experience. My second one was I had a friend in the neighborhood around 11 or 12 years old who was um, deaf. And, again, I didn't recognize her, her as a dis- having a disability. I just thought she had a unique way of communicating. So I loved it because how we communicated was through writing. She couldn't speak, and I couldn't. I couldn't do sign language, but we wrote together. And I love writing. I love writing poetry, so it was relatable to me. And um, yeah, that was that was a great time with her. And then as I got older, as an adult, I found myself loving to counsel other people, and just wanted to make a difference in people who otherwise were counted out and felt as if they were counted out. So um, when when I got into the mental health field, I started to meet a lot of people with various disabilities. And I found it to be interesting because some of these people were more acceptable of me than people who were not disabled because I was also, I see was also bullied, bullied because I was quiet and reserved and um, I didn't really look like the other kids or had what they had. So, you know, I found, it's crazy, I felt more of a sense of belonging there with those with disabilities than I did with those with abilities sometimes. So um, my last point, what ignited me to start my empowerment at Pearl 531. Um, advocacy line. Um, Last year during the pandemic, I had an experience with a student who I was connecting to an internship who has autism. He does not verbally speak, but he used a device and sign language to communicate. And he has been in my work-based learning program. I'm a transition coordinator, so I facilitate the work-based learning experience where I help them develop job-related skills and generalize their skill sets to be able to be eligible for supported appointments after high school. So this individual graduated this past week, but prior to his graduation, I wanted him to really be in the internship that we um, offered. But I found a lot of mindset deficiencies and distorted perceptions and limited beliefs about him from the administration and staff when we had our meeting. And it was was, um, baffling because I'm like, how do we serve these students? And you guys have these limiting beliefs about your own students. It pissed me off. So as a result of my advocacy, I provided, uh, he was connected to an internship. How that happened is in a meeting, I displayed pictures. I gave them examples of how the student can perform with visual support and natural cue support. And what I found is that a lot of them had distorted perceptions because they only read his IEP. They never observed him in a physical environment and see what he could do. So he was accepted. But because of their limiting beliefs, their distorted perception and their stigma attached to him because he didn't speak verbally and that um, he learned differently than others because he has autism, I started my empowerment profile that one line because in the pandemic, I couldn't open adult-based program like I wanted to. So I said, I need something that I can still operate in my gifts and make my voice heard and elevate the voices of those with disabilities, especially those with autism, because of my experience. So I started the apparel line as a result of that.
0: Yeah. no, that's awesome. And I think another thing is that, you know, I mean, it's great that you're doing what you're doing, but I mean, women, black people, whatever, like we all are, you know, as far as the disabled community, it, it covers everyone. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, and again, everybody who's going through, that's the thing. Like, I think some people don't have much of an imagination because like, I remember someone telling me about uh, an album years ago. Uh, like Notorious B.I.G.'s original album. I was like, well, it doesn't hold up as much because he's talking about beepers and tape decks and all. And it's like, <laughs> y- yeah, but if you just, like, use your imagination and just, you know, you know, the Galaxy Pixel or whatever, iPhone 12 or whatever, like, if you just use your imagination, he's just talking about the relevant things of that time. Um, And, and so, like, it's the same thing with this where it's like, you know, you – or a person who, you know, you see someone going through something, and I'm sure you've gone through some certain discriminations yourself just based on yeah. what you are, and it's like if you just equate it to that and just because it's different, yes, you're, you're getting judged different in a different way, they're saying different things, blah, 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 but it really is relatively the same thing. Someone putting you down and making you feel like you're beneath them, regardless if it's their color or their deformity or, or whatever. It's the same thing. Just use your imagination and just have an open mind and realize it. it's the same thing. And and that's why like, you know, like when people are out there fighting for these causes, um, for like police brutality or whatever. Yeah. But there's no, nothing wrong. Cause you'll see people with disabilities go to those causes as well. It's like, well then go to theirs, like defend each other, you know, just because you're not completely all about gay rights or, or you know, you don't know if it's completely right, but you should fight mm-hmm. for their rights. Because they're fighting for yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all relative. Like, we need to stick together as people. It's not... Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I think it's super honorable. And I think it's one of those things that with you, like, you know, it was kind of right in front of you, you know, like, as a child, you, you know, which is, I think, even more honorable because when you're that young, especially when you when you said you were 12, but even five... Um, my phone went off. Um, you know you're all about wanting to, you don't want to get teased and you want to be maybe not popular, but you don't want to be uh, in front of the scope of, oh my God, like, oh, you're siding with the, the nerd or, you know, the, the disabled kid. Um, and you actually are just like, yeah, I don't care. I don't care if it doesn't get me more friends. and and right. Yeah. And I think that's what's really, I mean, it's one of the things that's really cool about you. Yeah. I,
1: I didn't, I didn't care. And just, I think seeing he her cry for me, did it for me as a child. And then, you know, I would get invited over to her mother's house. Her mother said that she was the only one that I invited over because she was scared of how the other people treat her daughter because she seen the mean things they would do and say. And I'm, I, it was just an honor for me to know that now. My mother just told me about that. I didn't know that I was the only one that got invited over to her house until a couple months ago when I did a video about Maya. Um, so just knowing that, it makes a huge difference not only in the child with a disability or the physical deformity or impairment, but also the lives of the parents. You know, I think for some people we just focus on the person as, you know, uh, that has disability as a child, but it's, it's very hard on the parents, very, very hard. And as a transition coordinator, I help um, parents, I assist them in the process of setting post high school services up. And one of the challenges I found is that parents are, number one, they're scared. They don't know how the world is going to treat their son or daughter outside of school. Number two, they are nervous about how their child going to be accepted to different programs where in school they're entitled to it. But day programs and support appointments, volunteer opportunities, you have to be eligible for that. So they're trying to, you know, understand how can we develop skill sets, life skills, and job-related skill sets for the students to be eligible. And then thirdly, when they get into these programs, the parents are nervous and express to me, I don't want my child, who is full of different talents and abilities, to sit near a window and just do puzzles. And I tell them that, too. I don't want it either. So what the direction we're going in, I like the direction that DDA is going into. DDA stands for Developmental Disabilities Administration, and that's what we have in Maryland, also D.C. I'm not sure across the country, but I know definitely in Maryland, DC, um, DDA has now required every day program to have a component where it's a person-centered plan that's developed, and the person-centered plan includes the strengths, the interests, the, the I'm sorry, the strengths, the interests, the abilities, um, the behavioral plan. It includes um, the supports needed to accommodate that individual when they go through a day program, and the program has to design their day according to the, the person-centered plan for each individual, which is awesome. Because now, day programs are charged with having to have a component of community integration. And also, they have to develop a plan of how are we going to get this adult who is well able to be connected to employment. Now, there are some that won't be able to, but for those that are, we need to have a plan to get them to employment. And DDA now also has checks and balances. They are checking in on day programs and requiring them to send in reports importantly of what they have done to connect adults to employment and show numbers now. So I'm, I'm happy that our rec are going go on and see, but there's still more work to be done. So I just wanted to make that point as well that, you know, the parental uh, perspective is also something important that really ignited me to become the advocate that I am. I'm advocating for the adult and child as well as the parent of these adults and children.
0: Right. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, it, it, all the help is needed because, you know, we've made strides when it comes to people with disabilities because we're not being hunted down and put in camps and all kind of things. Mm-hmm. Or at least we're just gonna say in the United States. But you know, it's um, we still have a long ways to go. I mean, again, we still have ways to go with racism and sexism and all that stuff too. But much, yeah. but we're a lot closer with them. Um, it's you know, it's more known that like there's places that will literally hire black people just so they don't look racist. Whereas, mm, yeah. or, whereas, whereas there really isn't any of that for people with disabilities. Yes. you got the people who, you know, will hire somebody with special needs for like bagging groceries and so on. Um, but it, you know, it's rare. And that's the reason why there's over 75% of us are unemployed. Um, and that's Mm -hmm. a number that if that was the black community or the gay community or anything, it would be staggering and people would try to change it regardless of, if the reasoning behind it was a good reason. Um, they would definitely try to change it so that, their companies didn't look a certain way. But with people with disabilities, that is not the case. Um, and there's more that goes into it because there's a lot of just, you know, educating and, and training people of how to deal with someone who's just a little different. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, like I said, the more people, that's the thing. I don't, so many people are, and, and I think especially with the disabled community, someone in your case, like you, you know, you're, you really kind of know where you are and who you are as a person, but a lot of people with disabilities are are struggling in this world of trying to find some sort of normalcy that they'll probably never have because there's nothing normal about them, but it doesn't mean they're a bad person. It's just, they're trying to find happiness. They're trying to find a way that they fit in this world. Um, You know, I I said to someone before in another episode that it's like, it's, it's like trying to, uh, get into a house that doesn't have doors or windows. It's like, like we don't know how to find a way in and Mm -hmm. we don't want much. We just want people to leave us alone and just accept us as, as anyone else. Um, and every, every guest I've had on here with a disability will tell you and has told me that, you know, we're always equated with someone with special needs and right. it has nothing to do I and mean, again there's people who have special needs and there's nothing wrong with that but there's it's like oh i'm blind i'm deaf i'm you know i'm in a wheelchair um you know whatever i have ms i have all these different things and i am you know i'm considered special needs because no one is educated and no one wants to understand what we go through um and our right. li- our lives are so hard and i like that you're like trying to break down barriers because there are already barriers in our lives as it is. Like life, there's all of us have to come to terms with the things that we cannot do. Right, but um, life and and people tend to give us more barriers, more hurdles. I think I think we talked about it on your show about um, how you know people will say, you know, like I said I said about um, you know some of us are really afraid to like brag about the things that we have, like uh, like an apartment. Or a girlfriend or, or whatever, you know, I, I graduated high school or college or whatever, because, you know, if, if I told some random person who, you know, has their life together and goes like, oh, man, I got a job and I live on my own. It's like, yeah, so do I and so do my kids. But it's like, yeah, but you didn't have all these hurdles and all these barriers put in front of you to make it much harder. So it's more right. of an accomplishment for me. Um, mm. and So that's, you know, so that's that's part of the problem is like we're also afraid to be brazen about what we go through or what we have because it doesn't seem like much to the, the you know the average normal person
1: and you know what that's the thing like normal what is normal no, but a you know a, a a setting on the washing machine that's that's how i'm starting to view it now you know because as a person who without disability and as you being my friend because i know your limitations now because we have talked it's like any milestone that you had i'm head, I'm a because I know the barriers and limitations and what you had to overcome to get there. I think it's a matter of people without disabilities talking to people with disabilities and understanding them and understand that what's a triumph for you for them I, you know a triumph for them may not be to you, but you still need to celebrate that and it is a triumph it, that's the truth of it all, and I think comparing sometimes is a is a um a moral killer because the comparison of like you said the victories of someone that, that, that doesn't have a disability doesn't mean we should minimize the milestones and the achievements of those with disabilities because of our what, what it took to get there that's what i'm trying to say you know what i'm saying right. so yeah. i think we need to stop i think people without disabilities and advocates like myself we need to start there we need to dismantle the comparison and see it and, and live in truth and see if for truth of how the person feels about their life and celebrate that and not define it based on our how we perceive it you know what i'm saying Right. I mean,
0: but you know, like what I said on the, the last episode where, you know, we were talking about homeless people and, and disabled people of mm-hmm. we are like a huge reminder of what you could be. And I think mm-hmm. some people think there's a huge gap between us, like, oh, that couldn't happen. But it's like people don't understand. I barely can I barely can see it on my left eye. And my right eye is, is OK. And I'm standing in front of a microphone. If I take this microphone and bash my eye and I'm in totally blind, it doesn't take much. You know, wow. like if if I get into a if I get into a car accident, I might be paralyzed for the rest of my life. It's like it's not that far. You're right there. Like same with the homeless thing. Like you literally could pay miss one or two bills, and if you don't have a family to take care of you or help you out, or no friends, you're going on the streets. Like you're not that yeah. far from being homeless or or disabled. And, and just for this topic, disabled, it's like you're very close to being that. It's just one horrible tragic incident that can make yep. that happen for you. And I think wow. some people either are, uh, you know, they downplay it like, oh, that's, that can't happen to me, and then there are the people that are, I think are just petri- petrified of it, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's just like, you know, it's like it's off-putting to them. It's like, you no, know, we're gonna ignore those people because we, I don't want to. I don't want to act. It's, it's almost like we're contagious, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, and of course, there's always this stuff. You know, like there's people. You know, if, if there's a child that's autistic or whatever, then the parents get. You know, compared to like people who are into incest and all the things, like there's a lot of things that are said and looked upon with us, um, and not not just blind or, or, or every disability. But it's, it's 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 horrific because it's like, dude, you, you don't understand. You're you're one bad incident that we don't hope for you, but we're one bad incident away from becoming us or worse. You know, obviously death is there too,
1: right? And that's why we got to be careful of our judgment. And that's why I said I'm here to dismantle stigmas and the starts and deficiency in mindset that we need to start addressing when it comes to not just only people without disabilities, but people with disabilities and how they feel about themselves in relation to the world. And how do we do that? We create safe spaces. We create opportunities of accessibility in the workplace and other social platforms. We create, you know, plans and actually execute them to make people with disabilities feel comfortable and sense of belonging and welcome and genuinely do it and not just to meet a quota. You know what I'm saying? And I want to speak to your point earlier when you talked about me being a black woman, how I can also be advocating for racial um, disparities. And I want to address that kind of because it's not that I'm, you know, I'm not an advocate for change and justice across the board. Those disabilities, racial disparities, I'm here for it all. But I'm putting focus and emphasis on those disabilities. because Number one, is dear to my heart. Number two, I have experience in the field. And three, I think this is more importantly, there's not enough people talking about it. You know, it's not enough of us out there Absolutely. on the front line talking about it and advocating for it. And it's about intention and, atten- and attention, intention and attention. And I just recently um, attended a webinar um, that it talks about disability inclusion, and I attend these all the time so I can become educated and know what to advocate for. And they said we start, we need to start with revising the leadership agenda. Um, have you heard of Value five hundred I roughly
0: know a little about it, not a whole lot, but yeah. Please educate. So me.
1: Value Five Hundred, what they do as a company, they have a goal of getting five hundred companies to commit to um, prioritizing inclusion and diversity on their agendas for those specifically with disabilities. And I say specifically because the whole Black Lives Matter movement ignited a change in employers to start prioritizing diversity and inclusion on their agendas to address the disparities culturally and racially. However. There's not a lot talking about disability because they are also a marginalized, you know, group of people. And Value 500 said that 90% of those who committed and stated that they were just dedicated to diversity, only 4% included those with disabilities. That's a problem. That's not, that's not even your half. That's a huge problem. But so when we talk about me as a woman being black and experiencing racism myself and why I chose to advocate more for those with disabilities and those who have racial disparities, this is why. Because it's, it's too much of a, a gap in us addressing these needs, actually doing something about it. So, you know, that, that's, that's my, where my passion comes from. And Benjamin Franklin said this, and this is a quote, is uh, the foundation of my business and my advocacy. He said that things will never change until those who are not affected are as outraged as those who are. And this, my advocacy and my business is a display of my outrage, but in a productive and meaningful way. Right.
0: No, absolutely. That's the stuff that I've talked about. Like I think, when you say certain things, like people think you're just like saying the other group is better. But it's like, look, when in order to get rid of slavery, there was plenty there was those white people that are outside the bus taking rocks to the head. It's not mm-hmm. to say that the white people were better than the black people, because no, a lot of white the white people are what why the black people were in those camps and, and 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 enslaved. But the you know you needed the white people to help free you. You, you know, gay people to to uh, get married. You needed straight people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if disabled people they need abled bodies to do it. Like it, and it, yeah, that's it, good. It, point. Women to women to vote back in the day and to get out of the kitchens and actually work and, and, and have a life like a man could, they needed men. It wasn't yeah. gonna happen. You know, it's a world that's right? built by men. Um and all the rules are made by men and for men. And it's like in order for that to change, men had to change their mindsets. Um And so it's the same thing here. It applies to all of it. Like, that's why I said we're so ingrained and and we're just, we're fused together. But it's like, we don't, we act like we're so far from each other. Like, oh, I could never be a woman or black or what. It's like, dude, just take some of your experiences and just put it in a different body and change the experience just a little bit. But a lot of the discrimination and, and, and whatever else comes from it is, is relatively the same. You just gotta Mm -hmm. have an open mind.
1: It is. It definitely is, and I. That's so, so many uh, profound points that you just made, and it just opened my awareness a little bit more of what it takes, and and how you know God has really positioned me in a place where I am, you know, definitely being a trailblazer, you know, and I'm blazing the trail to and for people with disabilities to have access to opportunities of equity, inclusion, and um, equality. And um, what I mentioned earlier is that. I'm participating in the Changebox, um, offering consultative services totally um, in the fall where I'm just not advocating for and teachers and, you know, different social platforms to make their uh, platforms accessible. I'm going to participate in So what I want to do is start going into schools and helping teachers develop a universal design in their curriculum and in their physical classroom because everybody learns differently with without a disability. That's another thing. I don't learn math the same way as anybody some some other people and I don't have a disability. So what do they think about people with disabilities, you know, need? <laughs> like we need to be accommodating all the way around. I'm gonna go into different, you know, um employer environments and help them make their environment accessible. And another thing a point I wanna make is that all disabilities don't display the same and they don't learn the same. So it's like I want to ask employers, you know, who are they serving? And sometimes people don't, um, so they're also invisible disabilities, I realize people don't have to disclose that they have one. But I want to at least help employers set up their environment where it at least touches on a little bit of everything, you know, have audio output, you know, set up large print on your application you know, have different things in the environment that are acceptable for those who wheelchairs. Like, I, I, I want them to color code different things and offer braille op- options in their environment. So some, something we can do to be like a genera- generalized accessibility, and it's also true when they hire someone with disability, they can always bring me in to make a modified person-centered plan that is accommodating to that person. So you're right, it doesn't just take those with disabilities making a way for themselves it takes those without disabilities being able to help others you know join the movement and participate in it so that's that's something important to me as well
0: yeah again like i said it's it's one of those things where you know you don't have to but it's great that you do i mean in a way you you do have to because you're a human and you should do what's right for humans but Mm-hmm. in the time that we're living in it's like you know people are just about themselves and it's like you don't have to care and that's why i asked every, in the beginning it's like you could deal stuff with, talk about just stuff from women and black people and people wouldn't look you know bad an eye it's like oh of course like of course you would stick up for her, or her what what ails her but that's mm-hmm. the thing like again like i said you're one step away from becoming me and then of course i never would wish that upon you or anyone but you know, or, or anything, you know, you're, you're close to being a lot of different things. And it's just like, and just because maybe you're a little more fortunate in your life and your life is going well and, you know, whatever you do. Okay. Financially. And, and, you know, you have a family and people care about you. And obviously you have a good mom who put a good head on your shoulders. Like, that's great. That's awesome. Just don't rub it in people's faces and don't make it like, you know, don't ignore what she taught you, which obviously you haven't. And and just apply what you learned from every experience you've had um, and just continue to do great things. Because, like I said, a lot of people just like, well, uh, you know, I don't have that problem. So why do I care? It's like, Well, Mm -hmm. that's fine. Mm -hmm. But be happy you don't have that problem. But it doesn't mean you can't fight for them or can't fight for whatever it is. It's just be human. But it seems like being human is just being evil nowadays. And it's like, man, like we got to get away from that.
1: Yeah. Like where's the compassion? And I think um, for me, people with disabilities, we still have our internal battles. Even though we don't have the same um, experiences with disabilities, we have internal battles that have relatable feelings. Um, For example, when um, I was, you on my live, you discussed um, your experience with um, one of your employers, and how this guy got public accolades, and even I think he said a gift card, maybe correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah,
0: yeah. That
1: yeah. for helping you, and it's like they cheered him on, and I thought that was so demeaning for you and disrespectful, and it hurt me because I've, I've been there. I've been in a place where I felt minimized and devalued and disrespected, and then and and, I, and also for you, I know you felt like a charity case, and you are not. So even though we don't have a disability, we have relatable feelings and I'm compassionate for you because uh, that's just one reason I am because of those parents and that's why that pushed me to do that shirt for you and others. I offer it on my website. And states that you know, I may be legally, legally blind, but I can see through BS, meaning I can see you disrespecting me. I can see you minimize me and devalue me. I can see how you view my disability as a limitation and not focus on what I can do and offer here and see my talents and see my gifts and see my feelings and consider my thoughts. I can see all of that. Even though I can't maybe see some physical construct, I can straight see through your BS. And I don't like it. And, it's it, you know, it's not something that I'm going to continue to accept. So that's what inspired that shirt was your experience. Yeah. So, and that's why I love having friends like you with disabilities, because you helped me to perform my best and also to put quotes and messages on my apparel that can be relatable to other people with or without disabilities. Because I have people also that buy my shirts without disabilities, and that is the intention. My shirts are meant to be a conversation starter, get people thinking and dismantling, dismantling stigmas across the board. So, like, you're right. I mean, even though we don't have the same battles, we have the same internal feelings that makes me relatable to the disability community.
0: Yeah, and maybe we don't have all the same battles, but, you know, whatever you want to call them, the oppressor or whatever, like, they hold us all back in many different ways. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, different for different individuals, but it's kind of the same people controlling the same narratives and... Uh, and just keeping us from, you know, I mean, like one of the big things is like what I talked about in the last episode is, you know, it's like they don't want white and black people together because that's powerful. That's something mm-hmm. they, that means they actually have to answer the call and they actually have to listen to what people have to say, even though white and black people get along every day all the time. But if you continue to put the smoke screen in the way and continue to think that we just hate each other, um, you know, other people who were kind of on the fence are going to kind of lean towards, oh, Oh, yeah, I guess that's right. Whitey sucks or black sucks. And, and and this is what we go with. And it's like, no, like it's not much of a problem. It's just you. You're looking at these this propaganda that's telling you that we hate each other. And it's like, stop. They're, they're doing this to keep us divided. They're screwing us, too. It's just, you know, screwing white people doesn't sell. But it they screw white people all the time, I mean, there's more uh, impoverished white people because there's more white people in this country. But it's like, there's, they screw those people too. They, there's a huge divide between the poor and the rich. There's a huge divide between even the middle class and the rich. And they continue to divide us and they do that all the time. It's just, you know, no one wants to listen. So you bring it back to people with disabilities. It's like, look, we're in the same boat. It's just, they don't want you to help us because if you do, then it, that's more people on your side. Your army gets bigger, you know, and you, you, we got to stick together, um, But one of the things you were when you were saying about um, what I said on your live, it's like yeah, like people. Another thing that people don't understand, like like the mental health stuff that comes into it. Like when that happened, like I just wanted to go home and blow my head off. I don't have a gun, but Mm. like the suicidal and the depression and all this stuff that comes from that. There's people who have killed themselves over stuff like that, um, whether they have a disability or not. But in that case, like that's something like I just was like so depressed and I was so angry and. You know, yeah. I went to HR about it, and they basically told me in, in so many words that I can't prove. You know, because there was also a woman there that basically was like, you know, she was wondering why uh, she wanted to know if I worked at a special needs. Uh, uh, perfect, there's this job that hires these special needs children here, and and it's great, but it's like she wanted to know why I worked there, and I told her, "Why are you asking this question? You came over here to, to get the tape," and she said, "No reason. Right. Um, you know, uh, my husband works there." And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but that's not a valid reason. Like, have, have a reason to follow up with that. Uh, have a follow-up question or something. Like, maybe you saw me one day go in that building. Something. Like, make something up. But, no, she was just saying that, oh, she thought I was special needs because I I had to look at something closer. And then mm-hmm. go to HR about that, which I'm not that kind of person. But it was like, right. dude, this is this is really affecting me through the day um and it's like look man I, I this is like inappropriate this is like bullshit i don't want to deal with this and they're just like well i don't think you can prove that that's what her intentions were it's like yeah because you don't want to hear it but that's that was the her intention it's just you know people can be a little more subtle about our crap uh these people with disabilities and then you know it, it's that's the stuff that, that like i said it kills people literally um, yeah you know i'm a little stronger of a person i can get through it but i look i've been on suicide watch before years and years ago, like mm-hmm. I understand it. And I, I, when I see people kill themselves over stuff like that, um, wow. I completely understand. I, 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 would never tell them to do it, but you know, you, you put a spotlight on a person. Like when I was talking about you as a kid and how you, um, you know, you, you, you t- kind of took the spotlight off that child and, or at least got into the spotlight with her. Uh, whereas you didn't have to right. you could have just let her stay in the spotlight and just become a har you know, just bullied and, and treated like crap and everyone laughs at her. Um, and so, but in this case, you know, I would be her and, and the spotlight's on you and all these people are looking at you and it's like, you already feel lonely and it's like, oh, there's pretty girls over there. Well, now they're not going to talk to you because now you're just some guy who can't even do something right. Or they have some guy basically taking care of you and you're in your twenties and you know, it's like, all he was doing was helping me learn something and he was being nice uh, but you know, it was like, Oh, okay. Well, aha! look at this guy. He sucks. He's, you know, he can't do anything right. Of course he can't. Cause he has an eye problem. And here's your gift card for just being nice to him. Um, and yeah. That's so
1: disrespectful. Yeah. You know, that's so disrespectful. And that, then you know, I think about, okay, so you have strength. You have the level of resilience are doing you need to overcome and live. But what about those who don't have the strength? So what are those who don't have the confidence in themselves? And I mean, it, it took a lot for you to build it, but like you said, you were strong enough to overcome it. Even though you went through some challenging thoughts about yourself in your life at that moment, but for those who don't, that's what worries me. For those who do take their life, for those who do isolate themselves and decide they're not going to connect to anybody, and then some people, you know, they, some people quit their job as a result. Oh. They had disabilities, using a stuck computer, nice. but um, they had disabilities, and then you know they become homeless because they quit because it's so uncomfortable to be in that workspace, and that's the problem for me. Right. And then it says, like, why do you have to prove to HR about your experience? And and that's the thing that bothers me about some HR policies. And it, again, we have to change, we have to revise leadership and not leadership that's a management, of, you know, we're like the CEO or COO, but I'm talking about management across the board. HR needs to start viewing people with disabilities and their experiences differently as well. Everything should not be, I'm not saying give them special treatment. But what I am saying is for you, like, for, in your instance, if I come and tell you that I've been discriminated against or failed, if I have, you should be able to say, I don't need proof to tell you, but have a conversation with that person at least. That's why I also want to help companies modify their training practice, their practices, and provide them training of how to do that um, to cultivate a mindset where people across the board, employees, and management are cohesively knowing how to respect those with disabilities and knowing what it is to discriminate and give examples of what discrimination is. And I will offer them your examples of what you told me, because everyone needs to become more aware of how they are addressing those disabilities, how they are, you know, coming across to those disabilities. And again, I don't speak for those disabilities. I advocate for them. And, you know, conversations like this gives me the word to say so that I can magnify your voice and feeling to be generalized by how we should respond as a community. So that's the problem I have right there. Is why do you have to prove yourself? Because guess what, as a black woman, um, when I would, someone actually, and the first thing is, I didn't even tell them that I was being uh, discriminated against racially until the pandemic, and it went on two years prior at, in my in my workplace. And I didn't, I, they didn't tell me to prove it. You know, they knew from what I was saying that it was discrimination. They just refused to address it. Because it was a hard conversation, we have to be vulnerable enough, and, and even uncomfortable. we don't even have to be comfortable, but we have to be vulnerable and respectful enough to have the hard conversation. Because if we don't, it will result in people feeling feeling the way you did about yourself and having thoughts of suicide is what we do not want. It should not be occurring. Mm. So it needs to be modifications across the board.
0: Yeah, we have to have real conversation. That's the thing and I think cuz people are so afraid of it. People are afraid of like yeah. how people are going to perceive them afterward because I know a lot of white people are afraid to have racial discussions because you know the R word comes out and it's like, "Dude, it doesn't matter." Like you we have to have real conversation here. Like if if we're going to save these neighborhoods and we're going to save these children from going into gangs and all that, like we have to have real conversation. You can't hold back. Like, your, right. your intentions and, and your feelings towards it, as long as you're not coming off in a malicious way and you're just saying, oh, here comes the blacks. And doing, no, as long as you come in with a real reason, you're just like, look, because there's plenty of black people that are fighting against it, uh, a lot of this stuff. And they get called Uncle Toms and all kind of things because, it, you know, because it's going against the grain. It's not what you're supposed to. You're supposed to just be blind, you know, metaphorically, but you're supposed to be blind and just go, ah, who cares? Like, yeah, it happens, but, you know, the police or... Yeah, this and this. It's like, no, like, you don't get it. Like, we're never going to make any progress if you continue to have people like LeBron James and people like that, you know, talk for you because all they're doing is making it way worse. They're not, they're just Mm -hmm. saying whatever they're paid to say or whatever makes their campaign or whatever makes them sound good because it only seems to happen right around, uh, you know, when a new president is uh, being voted on. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and same thing with the disabled stuff. It's like, we don't... People don't want to fight for it um, because they don't want to have to have those conversations, and they, they it's, whether it's with women or with anything, any of these really deep conversations, people don't want to have an objective, just open conversation about what we really need to do. Um, and I think sometimes it's used as excuse, especially like in the workplace, is like, well, how much money do we got to put in to get, you know, the assistive technology for him or her. It's like, no, a lot of it has nothing to do with money, maybe a little, but in general, it's mm-hmm. mainly just educate these people and just, you know, show, just listen to the person and says, what, tell you what I need. Yes, I can't climb a ladder or I can't do this, but I can do this and I can do that. Um, and you're more likely going to get a really dedicated worker because they're appreciative of what you, you gave them an opportunity. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. back to your point like i said we just need to have real dialogue and real conversations with the opposite of whatever it is you know white white and black people have to have real conversations without being you know we got to get rid of the biases we got to stop being married to what we are that's That's, right because you're you're a woman and i'm a guy but we're still both human you're black and i'm white we're still human you know i'm disabled and you're not but we're still both human and we still both have been through similar things we both breathe we both you know take showers and you know we both do everything that we do we both eat and we know it's just we you know we're we're supposed to be perceived as different and we are in our own ways but at the end of the day we still do a lot of the same things um and it's like why can't we fight for each other why can't we have real conversation like because i've said before many times like the people that are most likely to screw you in your life, at least when it comes to race and gender and all that, the people that are most likely to screw you in your life are people who look like you. Right. Regardless of all the hatred and all the shit that's out there that people are are dealing with, the people that are most likely, because most of the people in my life that have screwed me over, most of them are white. It's just Mm. just a fact. That doesn't mean that all white people are bad. It's just, you know, yeah, I have had people that are black or Hispanic screw me over. But it's less likely in my life because most of it, because I'm a white person and I was born into a white family. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just like, so we have to stop being married to our, you know, because I I get mad when people go, oh, you know, oh, you got an Apple phone. Really? It's like, what, you're married to uh, Android because, you know, they don't care about you. Just like Apple doesn't care about me. So stop being blinded by all the nonsense. Like, just,
1: yeah, you know, we have to get out our own way. Yeah. And I want to, speaking of conversation and having hard conversations, I want to get your perspective on the conversation construct and context itself. So, again, I, like I mentioned earlier, I attended diversity webinars, um, and I, I like to read the comments. I just listened to the panel, and I was looking in the chat box, and uh, a lot of people from the deaf community was speaking of, um, and advocating for themselves. And someone said this. Um, she said, so many people have been deciding what the deaf community needs rather than including deaf leaders as part of the process of changes. And then she put this quote, nothing about us without us. And I thought that was so compelling for me because it's just like, you're right. Not that I thought she was wrong before, but it's just like, this is further confirming that we need to have a diverse group of people making decisions and talking about changes with those without disabilities together. And because again, I can't speak for you and I can't tell people how to implement change that you need to see to accommodate you and others like you um, without having a conversation with you. So, what okay. do you think about the quote, nothing about us without us?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's something I've been fighting for over years. It, it, you absolutely, the problem is, and another reason where these hurdles that come into play is that it's people who aren't like us and they're making the rules for us. So they don't, they're not, you know, they're not taking our input. <clears throat> um, one of the things, I, I don't remember if I said it on your show or someone else's podcast, I said that, you know, there, there was a, you know, I try to be careful because I don't get in trouble at work, but you know, screw it. They, uh, <laughs> they you know, there's these, uh, there's a job at work uh, and they said, well, blind people can't do this because they went and did it blindfolded Two sighted people and they did it blindfolded what? and they couldn't do it. So they said, well, blind people, a blind not not visually impaired, but they said a, a total blind person could not do it because they couldn't do it blindfold. But yeah, wow. like, but it's like you don't get it, like the realization no. of you uh, you can take that mask off, or that blindfold off, and you you know the light's going to come in. Whether the person that you're talking about cannot, he will never be able wow. to see. So he always is finding an alternate way. As again, the house with no doors and no windows. He's always Mm. trying to find an alternate way into that house. So you don't have that because you are, you know, you're privileged or fortunate enough to have sight. Um, And so, yeah, like you need, so, so that's like I said, there's people that are constantly creating these things for us, and they're not us. They don't have a visually impaired or blind person, they don't have a deaf person, you know, they don't have you know, a person in a wheelchair, they don't know what it's like. I mean, I mean, we're starting to get a little better with some of these you know, with technology and cause there's some people making some really amazing equipment out there. Um, mm-hmm. but again, a lot of these job sites, you know, I'm on some council now in this small town where we're, we're trying to make everything accessible in all our, like, it's like nine different parks, you know, for people mm-hmm. with, with, in wheelchairs, you know, like ramps and, and just people who are visually impaired or are blind and, you know, just we're, we're we're working on stuff like that. But when I look at the council, I'm the only one with a disability. And if I didn't mm-hmm. join it, I probably there probably wouldn't have been one. Um, right. And it's like that's the thing. And that 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 also goes to us as people with disabilities. Like, why are we not speaking up more? Because this couldn't it shouldn't be tolerable. You know, it sucks. that right. it, Even though it seems like it, it, always is. It's too late when people speak up. I mean, like like the stuff with the the abusing of, of Asians. That's been happening forever. It's just now we, you know, a video or or two surface, and now we want to care about it. That's been Mm. happening for a long time. Um, Yeah. You know, I've talked about it many times. Like, I, I you know, for 10 years, I I was, or maybe a little more, I grew up around my Spanish cousins. Um, And, you know, a lot of those bad neighborhoods down there, the Asians, they have their restaurants um and they put them in the like the black and hispanic neighborhoods and and they always have to have double bulletproof glass because they're constantly getting shot up and robbed and they're constantly mm-hmm. being abused um and it's like i knew that was happening forever it's just no one because it didn't sell then it's not cute mm-hmm. you know And same with this this disabled stuff it's not cute I mean, people said it's not sexy why are you talking about it? it's like because i don't care if it's sexy i don't i don't care if it's something that can sell a Uh, a magazine or or, or whatever, an article or something. Like, I I give a shit about it because not enough people do. Uh, Or a lot of people that do, they're just afraid to speak up because they get criticized because there's people in our community that are afraid to speak up or they get some sort of notoriety and then, again, they close the portal behind them because they want to be known as that person. They don't want to be known as that person with a disability. They want to be the one anomaly that made it through. Um, and they don't want to be known for what they are, what, or what got them there, and and that's their disability. And it's like for me, I want I, a reason why I interview all these people because I want to bring them all with me. Like if I if I yeah. ever get something, ever make something of myself with this, and um, you know, like I because I, I care so much about it, and it's like, you know, I know so many people are afraid to speak up because you know that they they're not, you know, they're not you know looked at in the way they need to be, and and I know mm-hmm. I'm not safe because I curse and I say things that need to be said and it's not just a, you know, towing on a line of, oh, you know, well, we're cool, but we're good now. No, we need, a we need to get a lot further in this world. We need to make more of this. Um, and it's ridiculous to where we are. So yeah, back to your original, your question, just, yeah, like we need, you need to have, you need to invite everyone to the table and, mm-hmm. and everybody needs to have their input. Um, you know, it, it's I've said it many times, like when, when people when, you, know, you want to break racism, have a white friend, have a black friend, you know, like get to know them and, and and figure out how similar you are. I had an argument with a bunch of white people about how similar country music and rap music is. I was like, you understand mm-hmm. this. This is very similar, right? You both like. Yeah, very
1: much so. Tell yeah. Stories. Yes. Like,
0: like, OK, they like F-150s. You like Escalades or whatever. Like, you know, what. Huh? Like, you know, you both like women, you, you know, you both like weed, you both like guns. It's just, it's just a little different. The sound is a little different, but in general, it's pretty much the same subject subject matter. It's just, you, yeah. ju- you just don't want, both of you, you just don't want to, you want to refuse that you're not alike, but you are.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So yeah, that's again, just, we need more unity. We need more people that want to come together and have real conversations. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I've, as you were saying, Talking, I thought about the scenario and it's actually a real life scenario. I remember, you know, uh, I don't know when it was, but some time ago there was an influx of those who are Spanish coming to the country and the country just like, we need to start making sure that at jobs, we have somebody on the staff that's Spanish speaking. So, you know, then I, I went to a couple months ago when I was in Walgreens picking up a prescription for myself. There was a guy there who had a translator on his phone because he couldn't speak English. And then on staff, they were asking if someone speaks Spanish because now there's the expectation to have someone who's either bilingual or can least speak Spanish on staff. Right. So. Right. So we're putting these emphasis. On accommodating, you know, immigrants, and not saying shouldn't be because this is an open country, free country, and people should be really able to live all over the world wherever they choose to, right? There's not just one area for these type of people. But what I'm saying is, if we're putting emphasis on diversifying staff with Black people and diversifying staff with pe- Spanish-speaking people, whether they be American or Hispanic, uh, Hispanic descent, why is there not emphasis and an uh, invitation on LinkedIn or Indeed to hire people with disabilities and TJ, answer me this, because I don't want to be offensive. I never want to be offensive. And you told me before, I have a habit of overthinking, which I do, (laughs) do. but what if employers put on their website something like they are not targeting, but they are inviting people with disabilities, of any disability of any kind, whether it be cognitive, intellectually, uh, physical, whatever it may be, to be on their team so that they can not make any decisions about them without them, is that offensive to have as an invitation
0: no. I mean, look, I've even said, and this this is a much sadder, darker take, but I've even said, look, what you guys don't realize, if you have, like, it's the same thing with, with you know, people saying they're going to hire Hispanics or blacks to show that they're not racist. You can do the same thing with people with disabilities. You can hire a deaf girl or a blind person or whatever and go, look, see, we care about them, even though they don't. They don't do that, but it, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, I mean, because, again, they they... You know, you can't, technically, you can't discriminate against anybody for a job, but that's why they do it subliminally, and, and you know, it it's not outward, and you can't, they, they're not going to just say, well, sorry, we can't hire you because you're deaf. No, they're they just, they're going to say, well, you, you're great, you know, oh, I think you bring a lot to the table, and I think it's amazing what you overcome, and uh, we'll call you back, and they never and don't do. don't call
1: back. Right,
0: and we yeah, know that's why. Yeah,
1: that's the problem I had. Yeah. No. And when I, what I'm asking is, you know, for genuine employees, employees who really want people to be a part of the team like me, when I have my adult day program, I want someone on my board with disabilities and not gonna make decisions for people without having the people that I'm advocating for on the team with me. So I think there needs to be a clause when it um, comes to attracting those disabilities to apply to a certain jobs on MD, LinkedIn or wherever the platform may be that says we welcome everyone. Not just, you know, just saying, hey, you know, this is a job that welcomes with disabilities, and we're looking for someone specifically with disability. Like you said, we can't discriminate against anybody, but having the clause that says we're open to those who have a race, have racial and cultural differences. We're open to those who have disability differences. Like just saying you're open and that you welcome all people from all walks of life. I think we're making more attractive on the application itself and the job description. Um, because, you know, I, I get it. We can't just target one, one type of group and, you know, leave out others. But I just, I just, I'm just so focused on putting emphasis on making sure those disabilities who are able and have the talent and the gifts to qualify for certain positions are counted in more they are, than they are counted out. And I, I just like the conversations that we have to help me know what to say. So yeah. I'm not offensive to anybody, but it's an invitation and, I'm, and it shows that the company is open. Right,
0: you know, but you know, again, you're also work, you know walking along landmines because you're going to offend somebody. Somebody's just everyone's sensitive now, so everybody's going to somebody's going to get hurt. But yeah, but I, I know you know I mean I know your intentions are good, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, I mean, look, the reality of it is like, let's be real, like not every person with a disability is going to fit for that job either. But if you have, if you know that they have a track record of hiring people with disabilities, and they have someone there on staff that's like, you know, hey all right, cool. Like, let's see what you can do. And then they say, no, it's not no, because you're disabled. It's no, because you're just not a good fit. Like when you get to right. a place where we're just not a good fit, this has nothing to do with our disability or our disability may, mm-hmm. you know, cause not every, you know, it's the same thing like we talked about on the last episode where it's like, look, not everything a white person does to a black person. It has to do with racist being racist. Exactly. They may just, exactly. they have a different reason why they don't like you or or whatever. They're crazy or whatever. And the same thing with this, like there's not, not every disabled person is going to be, you know, fired or, uh, you know, just completely pushed away from the job because it's their disability is the problem. No, it might just be they're not a good fit. You know, like if it's a heavy lifting job and you're scrawny and you can't lift much, you're not fit for the job. Maybe, you, you know, do some squats and come back in a year, but you're not fit for the job. It has nothing to do with your, you know, your impairment
1: um yeah so i also yeah. think it. i'm sorry i i, I was also no, add that i think it also requires some creativity on the employer's part because if we're talking about a whole agenda of diversity and inclusion and um, adopting a mindset that we need to involve and to consider all the disparities racial equality and with disabilities i think on my side because also i'm a certified um, employment specialist and when i went to my course they were talking about creating customized employment positions for those disabilities. So if you have someone who, you know, may and have a certain interest, say they have an interest in cars, but they have a physical, like race cars, but they have a physical impairment that would not allow them to drive a race car. But what if you give them a job at the racetrack to be on a team with the racetrack to do something that they can do? You know what I'm saying? We got to start thinking out the box. We don't want to disqualify them from their interest, but have something in relation to what they want to do that they can do. So I'm thinking about, even if they don't have an open position that's already created, think about something that your employees would make work overtime for. Think about something that your employees may not be able to get a chance to do. Or think about a need that you have in your business that you're like, you know what, if I have someone to do this, this will make my business more efficient. You know, and qualify them based on what they can add and don't just disqualify them because of a disability or, as like you said, separate disability from their qualifications. You see that they don't qualify, but create something they will qualify for that is beneficial to your business, to, you know, excel and is accommodating to your budget. Right. It's kind so of, I think we yeah. need to be more creative as employers.
0: Right. No, absolutely. It's, it's kind of like well, like the NFL. Like, OK, we know a woman is never going to be in the NFL, but there's now a woman referee. You know, there's, there's there's coaches in the NBA as far as like, you know, certain, you know, not head coaches yet, but there's coaches in the NBA that are women. Like we're getting there because I think the only time you want to see that is when you see cheerleaders and all that does is sell sexuality. So, but we're getting now where it's like, okay, now we can have a woman referee. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and so it's like, yeah, like there's nothing wrong. It doesn't, everyone's dream gets altered. Some, some people's dream gets fulfilled and some, it's changed into something that they maybe was in front of them the whole time. And that's not where they were leading. Uh, they were going somewhere else and then something else showed them like, no, like this is not, this clearly isn't, this isn't a good fit for you. Go here. Um, and yeah, like I said, you can include people even if it's not something that they intended to be included in. Like it's right. Or, or get, you know, like you said, like you, you can be included in something, um, you know, like on, you could work on the, the, the race car track and you don't have to be a NASCAR or whatever driver it's you're still right. a part of it. Yeah. <clears throat> and and it's more safe. <laughs> you don't get in the car accidents mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like it's, it's there, there's so many ways around it. Like it, that, that's the thing, you know, like we also have to come to the reality and, and be realistic on what we can do. And mm-hmm. you know, me and my friend Paul, were talking about just, you know, our slogan was like fuck limitations because we get tired of people telling us what we can and cannot do. Um, we know that there's limitations. We know we cannot drive. That's one of our things. But that doesn't mm-hmm. mean we can't do anything else.
1: That's right. Uh, that doesn't
0: mean we can't hope for, you know, you look at Tesla, what they're doing. It doesn't mean we can't hope for maybe someday down the road, maybe we can have a car. And maybe we can, right. you know, it, there's possibilities. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it, you just kind of have, like I said, people just have to have an open mind. And they have to do things for people that are not like them. You don't, you don't have to just constantly fit a, a, a group of people that are just like you just do think of every outcome and try again. I know there's always going to be someone left out, but you just have to, uh, you have to care. Yeah. You know, unfortunately the time, especially with people with disabilities, the only times people care is if they have a disability or someone in their family does, uh, or they have a child or, you know, a loved one or whatever. And, and. Mm-hmm. that's where we have to get away from because we, we shouldn't need tragedy to, to educate us. That's right. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, tell us a little more about what you're, where you're doing these days as far as, uh, you know, with your businesses, what, uh, or like what goals do you have and, and, uh, you know, what you're trying to achieve.
1: Sure. So, as I said before, um my Prime Apparel five thirty one, I'm going to diversify um that business by not just offering apparel that's online at www.empowermentapparel531.com. Um I'm not gonna just um, offer that, but I'm also going to start participating in consultative services where I'm assisting employers and um teachers and principals of inclusive making their environments mm-hmm. inclusive and accessible. Um also I plans to um all for accessible housing, I think that's also important, um, that uh, I would like to have a rental property um, or, you know, be able to sell a house. I'm not sure they I'm going to go yet, but I love the idea of having wide doorways, um, walk-in bathtubs, um, level flooring, nasa to support, like color coding, um, different things for people who have um, intellectual disabilities that they cannot remember what buttons push on the microwave or with someone with autism. That needs help identify certain things like settings on the washing machine or dryer, just color coding what buttons to push so that they can be more independent and have a sense of autonomy. Um, putting braille on the wall so those who may be uh, visually impaired can know what room they're in. Just different things and railings, of course, and things of that nature and have um, adjustable lighting for those who have sensitivity to light. Just being very mindful of uh, the needs of those uh, with disabilities and just various disabilities, not just one. Um, also, I have a plan to. Um, well, to be honest, I was not, the pearl, The apparel line was not in the plan <laughs> at all. Uh, before the pandemic, I was working on and got approved for um adult day programs, to open up uh, adult day program. Um, I was in the process of looking for a building. The pandemic happened and shut everything down. Um, so I started the apparel line so I could still operate in my gifts and advocacy. So that's still in the plan. So that's like a three to five year plan that I'm hoping for. I, I have upcoming releases, I have more um, releases and collections for my apparel line. So I'm going to be adding different gra- graphics and messages throughout the year. So again, if people want to definitely um, learn more about the business and follow my advocacy, I do the advocacy di- videos um, right now twice a month on Instagram and Facebook. My Instagram is at empowerment 531 And the same thing for Facebook. So i got some things in the works so I can be a part of the change.
0: Yeah, no, we need you. It's you know, like I said, there's so much change to be done on all fronts and with all conditions and all ethnicities and so on and so on. It's just like I said the every voice helps um yeah, yeah, well, you know I have a lot of love for you, and i you know I'm very happy that we're friends and uh you know anything you need, just please say so. I know you're a busy girl uh or I should say woman um <laughs> but uh. Yeah, like I said, you know, you know, we can have many conversations off or on there. It doesn't matter. But, uh, you know, thank you again for doing yeah, and I, this.
1: I, I do appreciate you reaching out to me and us having this connection. is very valuable to me. Um, I appreciate what you're doing. What you're doing is very powerful and moving and keep doing. Don't stop. I love what you're doing. And I can see it going far and reaching greater levels and heights. So I appreciate this time. I do not take it for granted, and I think you are a dynamic human being. And I look forward to the evolution of our friendship. Um, even though I'm busy, yes, I still have two jobs in a business, and hopefully, my business will replace my two jobs soon. But uh-huh. at the times I can talk and hook up with you, I definitely will because there's more for us to talk about, like you said, on and off air. So it has been a pleasure, to DJ, today.
0: Of course, yeah. Like I said, it's these are the things that need to be talked about, and you know, it's. To me, I think this—you're the only person I ever had on here that doesn't have a disability. Uh, well, uh, yeah, doesn't have a disability, but talks about people with disabilities. And um, mm-hmm. I have another person coming up as well, a former teacher of mine. But um, well, actually, well, that'll be out a little earlier. But still, um, you know, it's um, yeah, it, it's just one of those things. It's just great to have these conversations, and, and, and you know, like I said, it's it's great to see how many people are really coming out for stuff like this and fighting and like i said we can we can make real change before we get out before we check out of this world it's just we got to put the effort and we got to do the things we don't want to do you know the, the stuff right. that takes time and effort and have patience and so but yeah like i said please keep in you know i mean i don't have to tell you to keep in touch because we talk but uh you know i try to watch every one of your videos and pictures on instagram and um you know, I know we both are busy, but you know, like I said, anything you Thank need, you. you know, just message me anytime. Call me. I'm around.
1: All right, sir. I appreciate you. Yes, and um, it's been a pleasure to share with all your listeners.
0: Yeah. Thank you again.
1: All right. Have a great day, TJ. You too. Thank you.
0: Bye-bye. Oh, what an awesome person. Um, Yeah, guys. So that was, that's different in a way. Like, that's a thing I, I, I you know, I, I get it in my own head, but there's times where I'm just like, I know I'm just doing the same thing, interview, 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 but it's like they are all different and, and we are talking about different stuff and different conditions, but these last two back-to-back here, um, in, in some ways they're different. Obviously, the, the the last one was very different, but this one, because of having a person with no disability, um, and, and, but she shares her stories and just her empathy, it, it's... Really humbling and, and really sweet. So, I'm very grateful for her friendship. Um, yeah, guys, again, comment and uh, subscribe and share. Uh, very well needed. I appreciate all that support. Uh, we're going to try our best to take this where we need to take it. And um, yeah, like I said, I love everyone who cares and supports this. Um, and uh, I hope everyone is well and battling their inner demons because I know I am. <laughs> so,. Uh, Hang in there, everyone, and uh, I'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys.